When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Special Edition's amazing conversation with New York Times bestseller Joe Pesneski, Why We Love Baseball, A History of 50 Moments. I have the book right here, Joe. My first question, what was 51? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there are actually more than 50 moments in here. I squeezed a whole bunch of other moments in here. Um, but I left a bunch. I left a bunch on the uh, on the table. One that I imagine would be uh, very close to your heart is I I did not – even though I wrote an essay about it, I did not actually get Mike Piazza's. 9/11. That was my second question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I did not get that. Either. I'm just curious. We, know, we had a lot of great stuff. How did you draw the line with Mike? Well, with Mike, it was very specific because I I wrote uh, at great length about Derek Jeter's uh, uh, home run, Mister November home run, and talked a lot about 9/11. And I didn't want to sort of repeat myself or or sort of say. Uh, a lot in there, so it was really very specific to that uh, because the uh, the the Jeter home run was so emotional. But uh, look, it, it's one of the all time great moments uh, for no, sure. No, I, I was there. It was, it was incredible. So Hank Aaron, number one, is a home run king. Your reasoning for that, Joe? Yeah, that was a a, a bit of a, a tough one. I mean, I think most people probably, when you say what's the greatest moment in baseball history, would talk about. Jackie Robinson, uh, and that was two, right? And Larry and that Doby. was number two, right? Where I two. talked about Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby, and sort of the continuation, the different dates, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I what I thought about with with Henry Aaron is that's where Jackie Robinson's story leads in my mind. Like you know he he breaks the he breaks the the color barrier, and it's really only a beginning. You know, I mean, it takes many many years, as you know for baseball to become really truly integrated and and there's a lot of pain along the way and and of course at the end of the day Henry Aaron dealt with so much on his way to to breaking Babe's record and and I thought that's the crescendo right there is 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 him breaking the record you know a sidebar that spring Ron Swoboda was with the Braves and he told me the horror stories what he went through the spring, you know, and and I'm mean, Ron, you know, he's only there for a little bit, I think through May, but he just right. told me all that Henry was going through and everything. And three, I thought was a not a surprise, but an unusual one. Jason Hayward's uh, clubhouse speech after in, in, in the end of the World Series in 2016. Yeah, I mean, I what I really wanted, uh, I I felt like the Cubs winning that World Series it's so recent that it's kind of hard to sort of, you know, when we think of all time, great moments, we think of the shot around the world and Willie Mays catch and everything. And it's, it's not been long enough uh, for that, for that, uh, that incredible uh, game seven and, and the Cubs finally winning the world series for, to really sink in. But to me, it's, it's, it's one of the, the top five moments in, in the history of baseball. And, and uh, you know, you can reduce it to a lot of things, but I love, uh, that Jason Hayward uh, speech that uh, that was there during the rain delay. 
what's the matter? You, you only you only have a clubhouse meeting when your best pitcher is pitching that night. You know what he, he, you know, you know. Maybe because I'm old, I have a personal relationship with a lot of the, your your top things. I give you an example: Touch and Wall Joe, Game Six of the World Series. Tell me why you picked Joe Carter. I'll tell you my story. Yeah, I'm dying to hear your story. I mean, look, obviously that's you know one of one of uh, what, uh, however many three, two, three walk off home runs in the World Series history, um, and and just an incredible, incredible moment, incredible call the touch them all, Joe, and 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 Joe Carter was you know wasn't is such an incredible guy, and and uh, you know that that to me was an obvious choice, but I'd love to hear your Joe Carter story. Okay, so. I'm working for MLB that in, 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 in 93. I'm in the Phillies dugout, expecting to get Lenny Dykstra, Mitch Williams. Boom, home run. I rush out to home plate. I was the second person to meet him at home plate. Hey, Joe, Jay Harvard's from MLB. I need you for a couple of interviews. He did everything I went to ask him. About six, seven years ago, we were in an all-star game someplace. He comes up to me and says, you know, you're in every photo in my house. <laughs> From that scene, I mean, I if he was so gracious, as soon as he, as soon as he touched it, Joe, I need you right away. I didn't give the poor guy time to celebrate. But it's I, so I, great. It, the, and the other one was uh, I what was uh, the, the Eckersley? Uh, uh, you don't, I don't believe what you just seen. It was uh, Joe Buck's call. Sure, I have a story yeah, with yeah. that one too. Yeah, yeah, no, that's my favorite because it's Jack Buck and, and Vin Joe Jack Kelly each each having. Uh, you know, legendary calls for that one Kirk Gibson home run off of Eckersley. And, uh, and, and so I, I break down a little bit of both of those calls, but, uh, but again, love to hear what, uh, what, what your connection so is. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm in the Oakland dugout trying to get Eckersley working for MLB. So when he hit the home run, I had to run over to the Dodger dugout, wait in line for Gibson. You know, I didn't get him right away. I mean, that was, it's probably like the see from the natural, you know, Joe Hobbs comes up to you with one leg. But those are two, you know, and, and I have we have something else in common. Your other book, Baseball 100, Willie Mays was number one, right? Yes. I idolized Willie Mays. And I can remember the catch is one of your, your, your things. I was watching the uh, game with my dad, and he went back and made the catch. And all these years, for me, the throw was more remarkable than the catch. And one thing I enjoyed, that was the only out – Don Little got in the game. We got That's big right. words today. And he came in to sell Leo DeRoche. I got my man, right? <laughs> yeah. It's one of my all-time favorite stories uh, that, that uh, there is that, you know, he he uh, manager comes over to him and he's like, hey, I got my man. I mean, you know. It was, I, uh, was that the that, game Dusty Rhodes won in extra innings? I forget. I mean. It, yeah. He had Dusty Rhodes. It, you know. Yeah. And he he had the incredible game. You're right about the throw, though. I mean, that it gets overlooked. He he and and you know this. Willie Mays often said that the hard part was the throw because Larry yeah. Doby was was on that second. was his second base. He was worried about yeah. Larry Doby. He absolutely base. could have tagged up and and run all the way in. And the throw, as you know, it wasn't like it was on line or anything. But just getting the ball back in the infield yeah. was all he was trying to do, and it, it worked great. You know, Joe, I switched jobs a couple of years ago. I'm not taking the alumni uh, players. And one of the things I'm probably most proud of or happy was that we retired Willie's number two years ago. And honestly, we got some flack for some media people. He only played a year and a half. Uh, he hit 216. He dropped the ball in the World Series. But he was so, was so much more than that. you know. And, and Steve Cohn understood that. He fulfilled the pledge from the patient to retire his number. And that, 
and Willie was really thrilled with that. I mean, I'm, 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 and what he meant to the game, don't you think? I mean, oh, no question. I, I, I'm, I'm so thrilled that you were such a big part of that, and it was so important. Not only, I mean, look, you're right. He was not with the Mets very long, but he was with the New York Giants for years. I mean, he was such a such an important part of New York baseball. And, and you think of Mantle Mays and, and, and Duke Snyder in that, in that stretch of time and, you know, all in the heart of New York city, uh, obvious, you know, to me, it's an obvious thing. And I'm, and I'm so glad that you were able to do it. And people who, people who were just wrong, they were just wrong. It really meant a lot to him, you know, and I, what I wanted to do this year, this week is a, uh, 50th anniversary of him retiring from baseball we said goodbye america and yeah. unfortunately he's not healthy enough to come back and we had cleon jones and ron hodges and felix beyond from the 73 team here you know to do that I, really all of the topics i picked out i have a mets tie-in on what, what most like unlikely home runs right yeah <laughs> i was there for cologne uh i was there for rick camp let me tell you where you go into the so it's the 18th inning I'm sitting there in Atlanta with Joe McElvain, haven't eaten anything about eight hours. We think we have to game one. Gary Carter's telling the infielders to come in. I see Danny Heap going to I say, oh my God, this is going to be a freaking home run. It was unbelievable. I mean, I, I, that, that was an easy one for you to pick out. Oh, absolutely. Well, that I love that. I mean, it's it's July 4th, and, and uh, like you say, the game goes on in 18 innings. You know, there was a rain delay right before the game right, even right, started, right. so the game started late. And then it's in the 18th inning, and Rick Camp comes to the plate. And Dale Murphy had one of my favorite lines in the book uh, where he said, you know, people thought that Rick Camp couldn't hit, but we were his teammates, and we saw him in the cage every day, yeah. and we knew he couldn't hit. I mean, it was like that's that's how it bad. That guy, we got, we got five runs the next year, but Atlanta got three, and we almost – and Darling – you know, pitch last, uh, pitch you know, and got Rick Camp to, to end the game, yeah. which is which is yeah. the way it should have gone in the first place. Um, it, it, just a great part of baseball history. And I wasn't there for Al Weiss's home run in the World Series, but for me, that's a testimony to how Gil Hodges managed. You know, speaking to the 69 guys, do you utilize everybody in the roster? So Al comes up at a big spot in the World Series, ties the game in game five. Yeah, and, and just an incredible moment. But he actually had a couple of like yeah, very big moments right. that year against the Cubs and that in that big series against the Cubs, he had a couple of, uh, of 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 huge hits. He had, I mean, they couldn't get him out in that series for some reason. Uh, and and obviously the home run was was uh, incredible. Can I one one bone to pick with you and an unforgettable catch? Or well, how did you tie a jar? I forget uh, backhanded catches, barehanded catches, barehanded catches. David Wright in San Diego, third base. Do you remember? I, I do mean, remember Kevin, this. Former Met, but you know, did you ever? Did you remember that one at all? I did. I did remember. It's an incredible play. I mean, I, you know, it's when you when you list when you list it down to five, it's it's tough to it's tough to get everything in there. But yeah, I mean, you know, and what a player, by the way. I mean, you know, I and mean, you got to see him from beginning to end. I mean, when you think about David Wright, don't you think that's a guy who? If he could have stayed healthy, if a couple of other yeah, things could have changed, that's a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. No, no offense to Scott Rowland. I mean, to me, he's better than Scott Rowland. You know, and he had the, you know, the, the back issues and neck issues. You know. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you ever had any contact with David, but as good a person he is, as good a player he was, seven-time All-Star, 
he's a uh, hundred hundred times uh you know you know better person yeah you know yeah i i loved your section on the meltdowns i was uh i dave kingman i could tell a story I actually roomed with my house for for a summer and you have a place to live and wow. um you know you tell him about tell him about that one first well, I mean, that's the the Tommy Lasorda, the famous meltdown after Dave Kingman hit three home runs and, and a reporter sort of uh, asked him, what did you think of Kingman's performance? And, you know, you can you can go on YouTube if uh, and, and yeah. either get the not safe for worth uh, work version of it or or the beeped out version. But it's uh, it's hilarious and 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 wonderful in, in every way. And I, I was there for the uh, Mike Piazza, Roger Clements thing. I was never so mad in the press box <laughs> when I saw that. Of course, and listen, I, I Mike owned uh, Clemens. I mean, I think he had two grand slams off him in a year. And we said it, 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 the explanation was that, that that he thought it was a ball and he threw it bat yeah. at him. I mean, I'm crazy. I mean, <laughs> no, absolutely. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Joe. No, I mean it's to me it's like and and I this is how I write it but we actually in a world series game we watched a pitcher throw a bat at a player and yeah. I, I it's still mind blowing that's not something that that people talk about I mean they you know he didn't throw Clemens out of the game I mean it was or, or Mike should have gone and have a fight and get spend it in the series now the other ball back people were well, why didn't Mike go after him and he he said I didn't want to take the chance of getting thrown out of a World Series game. So that's know. right. Well, and and he would have if he'd gone after him, he would have gotten thrown out of the game, and Clemens probably would not have. I, I for some reason him throwing the bat wasn't good enough. But yes, one of the all time explanations where he said I thought it was the ball, which is just ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. Oh, we we go to great catches. Uh, I agree with Svoboda in the World Series. How did you differ over Tommy Agee's two game, catches in Game Four? Yeah, I mean both both incredible. I mean, I just picked Swoboda just because it's so striking. It's such a striking catch, and and uh, uh, not that Agee's he wasn't arm. a great fielder. He wasn't a great fielder. That's another thing. Like so, you know, for him to come through in that moment, don't don't you think it sort of signifies that sixty nine Mets team? No, no question. You know. And when one word says it off any other one of your headlines is Buckner, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I remember sitting in the clubhouse, so we're down to two strikes, uh, two outs, bottom of the tenth, losing by two runs. I'm sitting with Keith and Daryl Johnson, who's one of our coaches, and I'd gone up to go to the bathroom, and this this after Gary got the hit, and he said, "Sit there, we're gonna have a rally." It wasn't hard to pick Buckner, right? I mean, that's that's a you know. Oh yeah, no, no. Look, the moment was going to be one of the great, uh, one of the all-time moments for sure. But you know, as I write about this, and and you can speak directly to this, that moment has always been been more attached with Red Sox heartbreak than it's right, been right. with Mets success, right? I mean, you know, but that is that is not specifically the ball going through Buckner because the game was already tied. But that inning has got to be the greatest moment in in Mets history since '69, I would think. Yeah, I, unfortunately, you're right. But <laughs> 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 I mean, I mean, I mean, we, you know, we had two strikes, and you know, and you know, you know, the other add-on to the story: Buckner and Mookie became really good friends after the series, and Mookie always felt badly 
did Buckner was demonized. People forget, yeah, over twenty seven hundred hits, yeah, you know, an all star. Should he be on the field, whatever? But Mookie, and they did business stuff together. They did signings together. And Mookie, Mookie always said publicly, even if he doesn't fumble the ball, I can beat it out. So he's trying to, to you know, but but there was a friendship, and Mookie was really generally touched after Bill died, you know, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it was it was sad the way that that got pinned on Buckner. He one, he should, probably shouldn't have been out there. Two, people do forget this: the game was already tied. It wasn't yeah. like that was the winning right, run. Right. The game was already tied, um, and so yeah, I mean, it, it, it was. It, it's 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 bizarre that they had always put Dave Stapleton into those games in those situations. So it was very strange that Buckner was still out there. I got my – what was the first Red Sox chip? Was it 07? When did they win the first time? 04. So I tweet, you know, stupid stuff. So I tweeted right before the World Series, uh, uh, all's forgiven, Buckner and Mookie will be in Fenway Park to throw out the first pitch, which was <laughs> – I just made up. And, it, and Joe, it caused such a hubbub in the media – they called Buckner, who was in, I think he lived in Utah, Montana, where he lived. <laughs> and I know nothing about it. The Red Sox were screaming at me. So I started a, a hubbub. Another thing which I was there for, unfortunately, when uh, Alex Fernandez died yeah, in Miami. Uh, to tell a story from here, I mean, we were there the night it happened. So, you know, relate why you picked that one. Well, I mean, it, it was it was the, you know, D. Gordon uh, hitting the home run, uh, the, that, uh, you know, him, him coming up the next time up and, and, you know, he was very, very close. They were very close friends and, and, and Gordon stepped up and, and first he, he, he took the same stance as his, as his friend. And then he, and then he got a position and then, you know, D D Gordon strange was not a home run hitter to say the least. He didn't have Uh, any home runs that year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then and then he hits the home run, and and I mean it's so emotional, awesome. and 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 you know sad, but beautiful. And there 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 are a lot of moments to me in baseball history that are like that, that are just they're 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 so touching because they sort of border on uh you know sadness and tragedy, and and it's it's this triumph, and and obviously that's one of the most beautiful moments ever. A lot of people think, and I don't think it is known how much of a competitor Bartolo Colon was, that he grew the ball for him. I don't think that was the case. I think it was, you know, like remember in the nine eleven game when the Braves and I when we embraced that we're not when it, and met before. I, I think it was one of those moments that I don't think Bartolo would have purposely grew the ball to him, but it was sitting in the press box. I just can't believe this happened. No, you know. I, and 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 I I don't think he grooved the ball to him, but I think he was he was definitely going to throw him a strike. I mean, you know, right, Bartolo right. of course had 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 at that point incredible incredible control. Um, he was going to throw him a strike. I mean, he was going to challenge him. He wasn't going to walk him in that situation. Yeah, it was, it was just um, an amazing moment in the press box. You know, I'm a big Giant fan. Shot hard around the world. Russ Hodges call. Uh, great selection on my part. Your part. Yeah. I, yeah, it definitely had to be in there. That I've seen that Russ Hodges and listened to that Russ Hodges call of, yeah. a million times. And you know, it's very, very funny that uh, 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 Red Barber hated that call. He always said that call was unprofessional, right? Because he, he was such a, you know, it was so, you know, so much of a fan and and screaming and yelling. Um, 
but red was wrong. I mean, red, red was the ultimate professional. He had his own call of that, of that, uh, home run. Um, but it's the Russ Hodges calls that goes through history. I, you know, Bobby, uh, Ralph Branca was, uh, Bobby Valentine's father more was Ralph Branca. I got to know Ralph a little bit through the years and, and he, they, he and Bobby had a great relationship. I guess yeah. Bobby's been on record. The, you know, Giants had a sign stealing thing going. Right. Bobby was on record. He didn't know the pitch was coming, supposedly. But but uh, I think the Giants were fifty five and seventeen, which you wrote after a certain point, and they came, they came back and won the game. But I mean, whether he did or not, it was still one of the uh, you know one of the great calls. You know, oh, uh, it's one of the it's unquestionably one of the all time moments, and and. You know, what I always liked is, is you're right, Ralph Branca and Bobby Thompson had this incredible relationship and they traveled the country together and did card shows together and, and various other things, made appearances uh, and very, very much, you know, had a had like almost a brotherly relationship. Yeah. But you know this, Ralph Branca is pretty certain that he knew what pitch was coming. Like he, yeah. he you know, they had that Stein stealing system uh, that, that they used, you know, throughout their comeback of the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, Bobby Thompson always insisted. Now, I didn't know what was coming, but Ralph Branca just kind of smiled and just kind and, of, you know, like, he, yeah. he was just a gentleman. He was no yes. animosity. He didn't, no. you know, I mean, what a, you know, what a way to lose a game, you know, winning four to one going to the ninth inning. And one of my favorite Giants, Don Mueller, the man, Drake, the magician, got yeah. it, it got knocked to the first run. And, you know, and, uh, but it was crazy. Two more home runs I wanted to, unfortunately, weren't included in the book. Daryl Strawberry's uh, home run in Montreal when he hit the roof, and oh. in '85 when he hit the clock in the, in the 12th inning to, uh, to 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 be we had a, a big game with the Cardinals. Were that were those considered all? I, there's so many, Joe. I know you know. Yeah, there's there's so many. Yes, I mean, look, I love 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 Daryl Strawberry, and and I still think you saw it a million times. So I mean, I'd be curious to hear what you think, but. Wasn't Daryl Strawberry like, if not the greatest, one of the greatest uh, batting practice hitters uh, ever? He used to wow the opposite. He used to come out and, 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 and watch him, and, and watch him hit. You know, you, you made some references, and you know, I we were fortunate uh, that Gil Hodges was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and the late Vince Scully wrote an wrote an essay really on his deathbed that the committee. Uh, uh, saw and 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 help Gil, Gil get in, but the stuff with with Jackie and the embrace with Pee Wee we talked about that I didn't realize how big a part that Gil was to helping Jackie, you know, acclimate himself. Like Pee Wee Reese was the the guy on the other the right the left side of the infield, right side of the infield, and Gil yeah. was the other guy. But it was just warming all the stuff with Jackie that you have in the book and what he did and. And and really, you know, Gil thirty five times on the ballot didn't get in, and finally, you know, thanks to 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 uh, to, to uh, Vince Scully and Joe Torrey was on the panel, helped him get in. That and, and so much of in your book with involving Jackie and character does mean something. And all these years, sure it does. You know, Gil, you know, didn't get in, but thankfully he's there now. Yeah, it was so wonderful to see him get in. That was a wonderful, wonderful class. Of course, my great. Friend Buck O'Neill went in that year. Uh, right. Tony Oliva went in that year. But Gil Hodges, I mean, nobody ever said a bad word about Gil Hodges, right? right? I mean, he was, was such a war a hero. hero. 
family guy yeah, right and and the i mean like probably more stories about people in brooklyn just like talking to gil hodges on the street than any other dodger player i mean he was just he was a part of the community and then of course goes to la and was part of that and then and then what he does with the mets i i i really think and and it's great to see him I connect him and my friend Buck O'Neill in this way. I think the Hall of Fame has never been as good. The voters, and I'm one of them, have never been as good at ta- looking at a life in baseball rather than looking at specific things. Was he a good enough player? Was he a good enough manager? Here's a guy whose life in baseball, and of course he he died much too young, but his life in baseball with the Dodgers and then managing the 69 Mets, that's a Hall of Fame life. And and I it's it. It's a shame it took so long for it to happen. You know who you mentioned too, Joe, and I I was over at Hinchcliffe Stadium about two months ago where Larry Doby played and he kind of gets overlooked with the Jackie Robinson stuff, right? Yes. I mean, what he did. Yeah, I, I I write a lot about that. I mean, it, it, here's the thing about Larry Doby. Um, he went through the same sorts of things because as you know, in those days in particular, the American and National League were completely separate. So for him to be the first in the American League uh, he went through exactly the same things. That was the first time any of those teams played against somebody uh, the, who was who was African American at that time. But more to the point, Jackie, like, was ready for the moment. He he was older. He was already famous. He was famous in college uh, for being a football player, track star, basketball player. Uh, he went. Through, he was in the army. He went through the the whole. Uh, the whole issues, uh, you know, where he he was court-martialed and he he fought the court-martial. He was a famous, famous person already. And he went to the minor leagues and he dealt with all everything he had right. to deal with. There. Larry Doby had none of that. Larry Doby was much younger. He didn't go to the minor leagues. He was unknown. It was not like Jackie Robinson. Uh, one day he was on the Newark Eagles. The next day he, he's on Cleveland. And, and he didn't get the opportunity to sort of be – uh, prepared for the moment the way that Jackie Robinson was. And yet, and he, and he's really struggled by the way, his first year was, was, was a, a real, uh, it was a, a really rough year. Um, but he triumphed over that anyway. And I, I don't think that story gets told enough. You know what they're trying to do, Joe, he's, I'm, I'm I saw the mayor of Patterson where Larry was from. They're trying to get like the, the Iowa game, the field of dream game there. Yeah. To, to honor the, the, the from the Negro League, and it's that's what their goal is. They're renovating the stadium, you know. It was I got to congratulate. Which was your first New York Times bestseller? Was Patton? Was it Paterno or Baseball One Hundred? No, Paterno was my first uh, uh, bestseller, and then uh, and then I've had uh, what this is my third since then. I've been really lucky. Well, it's an honor. I mean, I read the book section every Sunday. They get it on a couple of times. It's great. <laughs> hey, I had to tell fans, it's a, you know what's about, about this? It's an easy read, Joe. You can, you don't have to do it at once. It, it, very readable. Great stories, human interest stuff, any baseball fan. And I'm old enough, Joe, to find a Met connection with everything you wrote in this book, Joe. I love Just that. So every, I, I'm going through the stuff. I said, well, I was there. I was there. I, I was. I can still remember in Atlanta. I was getting ready to eat, and, and I said, I, I can still remember Danny keep going to left. Oh, my God. This guy, <laughs> poor Tom, Tom Gorman hasn't lived that down all these years. But, yeah, hey, listen, yeah, that was all the best with the book. It's a great read. People should get it. And Again, thank you for your time, Joe. Appreciate you. Oh, 
Absolutely. Thanks, Jay.